0: Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to the All Things Podcast. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and I am delighted to have you with us this week on the podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to Sharon Engram and Lori Rollinger, mother-daughter, both widows, co-authors of Surviving Widowhood, 40 Devotions of Hope. So before I uh, roll our conversation, I would like to tell you just a little bit about each one of the authors. Sharon Ingram was active in three churches that her late husband, Don, pastored in Illinois, Ohio and Arizona. As a speaker, women's ministry leader, and Bible study teacher, she also helped found Women Anew in Ohio, an annual conference for women that has reached thousands of ladies. Sharon's heart also expands into international missions. She helped develop the women's ministry division for international needs, assisting national women leaders in ministering to their own people. And as part of that ministry, Sharon organized several women's teams to teach at women's conferences in third world countries. She's also served on the board of directors for World Ventures Missions. Mother of four, grandmother of 14, and great grandmother of six, Sharon lives in Goodyear, Arizona. And Lori Rollinger was active alongside her late husband, Greg, in founding Palm Valley Church in Arizona, seeing growth to over 4,000 worshipers. The couple was an inspiring speaking team. He, at the 2013 C3 Conference for Pastors in Dallas, and she at just one virtual conference in 2014 and 2016. Lori also spoke at the in-person Flourish conference in 2017. She lives in Buckeye, Arizona, and is the mother of three young adult sons and one teenage daughter. Lori writes a blog and does a weekly podcast, Beautifully Broken, about widowed life. You can learn more about Lori at lorirolinger.blogspot.com, And we will have that down in the show notes for you. So let's go ahead and roll that conversation. All right. So welcome, Sharon and Lori, to the All Things Podcast. It is just a delight to have the two of you on today to talk about your new book right in the middle of your launch week. So thank you so much for joining us today. Excited to be Uh, here. We are excited. So we're going to jump right in. This is um, one of those topics that is hard, but such an amazing uh, time of watching God work in the middle of Such devastating loss. So the topic of widow's grief is multifaceted. So many emotions and details to work through, not just grieving. So what is one piece of comfort that you would share with a grieving widow? Sharon, why don't we start with you and then we'll let Lori add to it.
1: Yes, uh, I would say um, to, to those widows, um, for me, I felt there really was no way to prepare. When I first, um, we were first given the diagnosis, my husband was told he had two weeks to two months to live. Mm-hmm. And that was sh- shocking. God was gracious in that through some wonderful medicine, he had two years. So it mm-hmm. gave us time Uh, to be together, to kind of walk back over life together, to grieve together. Um, But yet, you know, when Don took his last breath, I wasn't ready for it. I still wasn't ready for it. Because now he truly was gone. And there's just something about that that time that is um it's hard it's just hard i don't care i think if it's sudden or if it's long you know i was blessed to have a little bit of time to say goodbye but um you know i think for for myself um just to give yourself time and to kind of just you know uh, just lean into it the scriptures were important to me and that They brought comfort, Uh, nothing lengthy, you know. It was something new to me, this widow's fog. I had no idea about that, but I couldn't think. I couldn't really make decisions. So I I think if you have someone around you who can help you in this way, which I have four fabulous children, and um, they were great to help me when I was struggling with, you know, some decision-making. and um, But I think for the widow, we need to give ourselves grace. We need to give ourselves time. Every one of us grieve differently. Um, You know, God has made us each unique. And so there's no time limit. And, you know, um, so we need to give ourselves that grace and allow ourselves to just Find our comfort places. You know, I kind of moved around in my own home to find new places that I felt I cocooned in them. <laughs> and that's because that's where I was able to feel comforted.
0: So, Lori, what about you? Do you have some additional insight on that?
2: I would just, I hope to encourage the widows just to let you know that you can do it you will do it and Mm -hmm. you are doing it and Mm -hmm. you're probably doing it better than you think you're doing it. Um, because I know it's, it's a lonely place to be and there's nobody to, you know, necessarily speak to about how you're doing, but just know if you're a widow, you're going to make it, you're Mm going to get through.
0: And so tell us a little bit about your story of losing your husband.
2: Uh-huh. So, uh So Greg and I were college sweethearts. He was a basketball player and I was a cheerleader. That's how we met. <laughs> Typical. Uh, and then we got married. We were in ministry. We had four kids and we just noticed he was having some health issues and found out he had a neurological disease called multiple system atrophy, which is like kissing co- cousins to ALS. So he went from being a very active, healthy man to he had had brain surgery. And then after brain surgery, he almost died and he was never the same. He went, he, he was in a wheelchair. He couldn't feed himself. He couldn't bathe himself. He just kind of melted away. And then the hard thing is, you know, when you are a minister, you use your voice and he lost his voice. And so that was super difficult, but man, if anybody carried, the burden of dying well, it was my husband. He did it so well. It, from start to finish, when we found out, it was about four and a half years that
0: it took him to pass away. Wow. So, what was the hardest part, Sharon, for you?
1: The hardest part,
0: um, I think just, um,
1: well, before, you know, once you get the diagnosis of walking with that and um, yeah, it's cleared my schedule. That was my time to be with my sweet husband. We actually were blessed and in the last just few months celebrated 60 years of marriage. So I felt blessed. Um, The hardest part honestly for me is uh, coming home, coming home to an empty home the loneliness uh, of being in the home together without him. Uh, You know, I thought, I didn't know. I thought, I don't know if I'm gonna make it, you know? And uh, I am so glad. I, I knew you shouldn't make quick decisions. And so I hung in there. I think what Lori said, we do make it. You know, we do make it, but give yourself time. And don't make big decisions and big uh, changes because um, what I thought I didn't know if I could continue. I love my home now, and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful I stayed here. And you know something that really helped me. I, I bought a big um, wall piece of a of a scripture, uh, and I hung it on my kitchen wall that said, um, you know, to praise continually and to give thanks in all circumstances and to pray this was God's will for me and honestly just with tears crying I I started turning in time my my sorrow to praising with tears but I'm telling you there's power there's healing in thanking God and I just tried to do everything I could thank and praise him for and then
0: those first months Mm. So, Lori, what about you? What was the hardest part for you?
2: Single parenting, hands down. Mm. I never felt more alone and more overwhelmed than trying to raise children on my own.
0: Mm. So then that just leads me right into the next question. How did you help your children understand the grief and loss of losing their dad?
2: It was It, I mean, it, there's no easy answer. There's, I wish there was like, use this method and it'll do everything for you. But, um, my kids, my youngest was five, my daughter was five when we found out that he was dying. And, um, she said, that's okay. We'll just get a new dad, which was hilarious. My husband thought that was great. Um, so they watched for four years as he, um, deteriorated. And my older two were teenagers um, who had to help be a part of helping me care for him, which, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of mess in that as well. Um, so what I had a great friend that was a counselor. She did group counseling with us, um, which my kids did not love. I'll just be honest. They pushed back and I said, okay. But eventually, most of them, half of them have gone to counseling individually, which has been great. Try to keep them in church, which is a lifeline for everyone. Um, and weirdly, like my, my youngest son is weirdly healthy. Like when he misses his dad, he'll throw on a video of him and cry. And then, He'll be okay, and I'm like Joshua. Like, how are you so healthy? That's
1: gross. That <laughs> I'm that sitting in the corner,
2: right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, we all look to Joshua to to know how to do this thing called life. So
0: <laughs> mm, I love that. So, mm-hmm. what would you say to a widow who is facing a holiday or an event alone for the first time? Sharon, you want to start? yes
1: um for me i mean down past the end of august so we had uh thanksgiving was hard um that was at uh, my son's home that was good because most things we had always done at our home but for christmas i wanted to um you know to have it here and the kids wanted to come here so we they wanted some of the traditions And I knew it would be hard. And honestly, I prayed and prayed, Lord, help me. Because I thought I was going to want to say something, you know, to the family, you know, for our first Christmas. And it was um, so all day, you know, was preparing the food. Everything was ready. And the family came. And I I mean, it's a big family. When you have all the the grandkids and now great-grandchildren, you know, it was pretty loud. And there's probably 26, 27 of us. And uh, and we were going to do gifts too, and that was always uh, my husband's kind of thing, you know. And uh, he would always take the paper and put it in the bags. So everything stayed orderly. Well, I tell you, God just took over, and one of the little great grandchildren got into a gift sooner than what you know we had all planned. And all of a sudden, some of the other little greats were in there and paper just started flying through our great room. And all of us adults, we were in there, were all laughing. And I mean, it was hilarious. We said, oh, my word, had Papa been here, he just would have not known how to handle this. <laughs> it was exactly what we needed. And so I just say, pray before you're going to Go to one of those or have one of those holidays, and just let God do it. And He did. He just turned it. We all said that was the funnest Christmas, you know, because it turned to all this unexpected laughter,
0: right? And yeah. that's so good for the soul too. That oh
1: laughter—it was. Yeah. It was wonderful.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lori?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, it's always good to prepare, thinking ahead, okay, this is what is coming up. How do, how will I deal with this? And I always did what just felt right in my gut. If something didn't feel like a normal thing that we always did, just felt really uncomfortable, I just released it. And we were just at an a awesome widows conference called Never Alone Widows. And they had a grief counselor there. Her name is Jordan Early. She's amazing. Um, But she said, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I give you permission (laughs) to say no, which honestly is probably the most freeing advice anyone could ever give. You don't have to do anything that you've always done. Everything can be new. Whatever feels good. That's the best advice I could give.
0: That's so good. So, what did you find comforting in that first year of grief, Sharon?
1: Well, for me, we also went into lockdown. So, my yeah. So, uh, down past the end of August, and by March, we're locked down. So, honestly, I have well, like I said, I have wonderful kids that um, you know. I would go or they would, you know, come. We were very, very careful. I had a couple of friends who uh, were very, uh, not wanting me to be alone. So they said, okay, we're going to do, um, you're going to come. We're going to do, uh, set out in our driveway and talk. So we were six feet apart because that's what you had to be them. And uh, we had the chairs set up. We would have our coffee. And so we called ourselves the driveway divas. And we met. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> that the best?
0: I love
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, we needed a T-shirt. It's true. I should still make one of those up. Uh, We uh, met every week, at least once or twice a week, for our coffee and fun time together. And honestly, that really was a gift. That was a huge gift. And so, you know, in that lockdown time, you know, even took uh, the writing course.
0: Right. And
1: right. um, you know, I, I began to just journal and to write. And, you know, so God was good, he was gracious, but it's it's tough. The first year can be
0: yeah.
1: but you just walk it day by day. And yeah. you know what what is gonna help you to
0: do to do well. Yeah. And it sounds like there were some glimmers of light. There was. And, you know, there was probably a lot of darkness.
1: Uh-huh. Just
0: the, that heaviness, so, of you know, loss. You
1: know, that's one thing we can do if you have a friend that's a widow. You know, reach out. Just
0: call. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm.
1: know, call her or have her come over. Do something crazy like that. You know, but that carried me through for several months. Several months we have we did that. Mm-hmm. That's
0: so good, and it's. I mean, I can imagine that sometimes some people say things that aren't helpful so, <laughs> so the, the ones what that you have come and come around you and and just walk with you through it they need to be safe right yeah
1: yeah and-
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have a please, please don't say, you know, God needed another angel in heaven. I mean, it's not even biblical, but people say it <laughs> They
1: say the craziest things. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We probably heard a lot of things that
0: all <laughs> about what not to say. Right, to right. Someone who's grieving the loss. of I mean, That's, right. <laughs> That's
2: the next book we should write. Yeah, right. Yeah. What not to say. On,
0: totally. Next. So Laurie, what about you? What's your recommendation? Yeah,
2: I would definitely say the most comforting thing was friends. You need a good set of girlfriends that you can laugh and cry with and, mm-hmm. you know, people that will check on you. And you know, I, and my girlfriends understand like when I'm in a bad space, I go underground, but they still call and they still text and they wait patiently for me to pop up again. And they just kind of know that there's these cycles that I go through, Um, you know, family, of course. And then, you know, something for me is, was just trying to make my family unit whole again. And that was comforting, just trying to do like little special things with my kids, um, making sure that I had dinner with them each night, taking vacations, you know, all those things are really weird without their dad there, but important and comforting because now you have new memories about those fun things that you did.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So good. So looking back, what are some unexpected gifts that God gave you during your grieving journey? Sharon?
1: Unexpected gifts, you know, actually, um, there have been um, several, um, you know, I, I think some tr- opportunities once we got out of the COVID thing, you know, that I've had opportunities to do. I think even the gift of this conference that we just got back from Atlanta uh, with 250 wit- widows, and it was the first national widows uh, gathering. And what an awesome weekend with widows were all ages, and uh, just to be able to sing and to praise the Lord together and to hear others speak into them. Uh, I think some unexpected um, gifts to, um, you know, thinking back uh, on even um, the first um, year anniversary that Don was
0: gone.
1: I... I really wanted to have my family together and so, But that turned out to be the most wonderful evening. Again, I was dreading it, but I said, we're going to have pizza. That was dad's favorite. He loved this one pizza, so I had that. And then I wanted to uh, do the video that we had of all the pictures through the years. And so all my children, family, there were about 24 of us here, I think, that night. And we ate and, and we then we went and we watched all the um, movies and everything. And we laughed and of course there were tears and we it was fun. My handsome was so much fun. And so we had a lot of fun because we had a lot of his funny things in that movie. So when we got finished, we're all just sitting there. And my little grandson, great-grandson, who was six years old, who loved his papa, he jumped up and he said, we need to pray and we're all like here we are the adults you know it's a little child will lead you we said oh okay peter would you like to pray he said yes he wanted to pray he went up to stand in front of the tv because now that's the stage right <laughs> and he opened his little heart and just prayed to the lord and he said and and god please 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 don't let Papa forget us.
0: No. Oh. We're
1: all crying. But what a gift. We just all still look back on some of these things that have increased our heart, you know, that we're going to make it. We And we are making it. But some of these sweet little things have happened along the way.
0: Mm, I love that. That's Lori, that's what about you? about
1: you? Well, you know, my
2: husband would always say that... The disease was a gift and you know when he was here it was real easy to agree with him like yeah man God's given us this gift and but he can heal it right and we're just gonna walk through it and then when he's gone it doesn't feel like such a gift anymore (laughs) Um, but I would say you know Romans 5 talks about suffering and Mm -hmm. with suffering builds endurance and with endurance your character is built and then through that, you have hope. And I would say that's 100% true. And mm-hmm. God has shown up in ways that I can't even explain. Mm-hmm. He's shown me that, you know, I am strong and that mm-hmm. I have unique gifts on my own that I would have never seen had I not walked this walk.
0: Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to look back at a time that's so devastating and so painful and Go, I wouldn't trade it, mm-hmm. even though we don't really want it to happen again, but it's what it's produced. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, Lori, you have a beautiful podcast for the mm-hmm. widowed life. What prompted you to launch it? And how does it personally enrich you?
2: In 2017, I was asked to speak at a widow's conference. And um, when I was preparing for a message, um, God just kind of brought to my heart this, you know, understanding of my life is like a mosaic, right? It was this once beautiful picture, this vase, this whatever, this artwork that has been completely broken. Um, And it looks like a shattered mess, but he's putting the pieces back, And it doesn't look the same and it will always have those cracks in it. But again, it's character and you can build something new and beautiful out of all those broken pieces. And so beautifully broken was kind of birthed out of that thought. And the first year I spent on just kind of musings of what God was teaching me through widowhood and just single parenting and being a former uh, minister's wife. And then um, I took off a year <laughs> and wrote a book. And then this year we are back on. Mama's doing it with me, and we're working through the book on the podcast.
0: Nice. So, where can people find you at, on that podcast?
2: So I'm the podcast is on every place you can find a podcast. Um, It is called Beautifully Broken, but there's a few other Beautifully Broken. So if you look it up under my name, Lori Rollinger, the last name is R-O-H-L-I-N-G-E-R. It's got that nice German spelling in there. (laughs) Make it super hard. Uh, That's where you can find me.
1: Awesome.
0: And Sharon, do you have a website as well?
1: Actually, um, I have a Facebook, Sharon Ingram, and Instagram, okay. and um, we—I'm looking to start like a, a Facebook group for widows where we can encourage one another.
0: Hmm. So good. And you know, this this podcast, the All Things Podcast, is all about Romans eight twenty eight and how God uses all things, not just the good things, but the hard things. To And he just works good out of them. And just this book is a great example of him working good out of, you Mm. know, some real pain. And I just (laughs) love how you've allowed him to work that through you. And, you know, God is just using both of you to encourage others who are on that journey as well. And probably some who maybe aren't on that journey, but they're still processing pain from losses in life we all go through losses and some of those all those principles apply no matter what the loss is i think right right. absolutely well thank you both for being with us today and uh just god bless you and your ministry and um just god's blessing on this exciting week of launching the book and as it goes out into the world and touches so many thank you so much for being faithful Thank
1: you, Athena. Thank you for having us. so great to be here.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.